Welcome in to Lockdown Blackhawks for Thursday, February 20th, 2020. This is episode 99 of Lockdown Blackhawks. We are part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day, and you can stick a fork in your team, the Chicago Blackhawks, who lost at home 6-3 to the New York Rangers. It was an ugly game. It was a bad game. We are going to break it all down. First, I want to tell you how to get in touch with the podcast, as many of you did while watching that game. I was seeing the texts and emails roll in, and boy, your anger is felt and it is understood, and uh, that was not great. Voicemail, 708-653-0572. Email, LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com. Twitter, at LO underscore Blackhawks. My personal Twitter account is at jzawoski670. You can also follow the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast at Madhouse Pod. A couple things I want to tell you about as well. Tomorrow, Friday, the 21st, is episode 100 of Lockdown Blackhawks. With that in mind, I have a very high-profile Blackhawks guest. I'm not going to tell you who it is right now, but I promise you'll be pleased. I recorded that interview today due to a busy schedule that is held by the person I'm interviewing, if that's a little bit of a hint for you. Someone who's very, very busy in the hockey world. It was great. It was compelling. It was a terrific interview. Ran about 20 minutes. You will hear it in its entirety on Friday's 100th episode. Then, Friday night, join me and my Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast partner, James Naveau, on Hot Mike. We're going to be watching the Blackhawks-Predators game with you. You download that app. You enter promo code MADHOUSE, and when the game starts on Friday... You click that game, James Navo and I will be on your screen. You can interact with us. You can sync up your feed with our feed. It's tremendous. You're going to love it. You're going to watch the game and interact with James Navo and I on Hot Mike. Do not miss it. Again, download the Hot Mike app, H-O-T-M-I-C, or you can go to hotmike.io. And again, that promo code MADHOUSE is essential. Use that to sign up and watch the game with us. It's going to be a fun Hockey-filled Friday for you, uh, regardless of the Blackhawks' status. So, let's get into it. (sighs) The Blackhawks lose 6-3 to the, I guess you'd say the New York Rangers are the Eastern Conference version of the Blackhawks, right? Um, Disappointing team, but a team that, you know, has got some talented players, got some talent up front. They're going to be sellers at the deadline. They're looking to move Chris Kreider. Henrik Lundqvist might be on the move for the Rangers. This is a team that is not a playoff team. They're not in the hunt. They are six points better than the Blackhawks, but they're in the East. The Hawks are in the West, so it's a different thing. That can't happen. And how many times have we spoken this year about the Blackhawks coming out and not being ready to play? They got circles skated around their ass in the first period. And a second period. And a third period. And yeah, you look at the shots on goal and they were pretty even. 41-40 to the Rangers. But how many times did we see Duncan Keith and Adam Boquist, and one time it was Keith and Murphy, just getting split defensively or blown by? Adam Boquist cannot get blown by. I'm patient. I really like Adam Boquist. I like the way he's played this year. I'm glad he's here. I think he's going to be a really good player. But one thing that should never happen with Adam Bogus on the ice is a is a forward blowing by him. 
That happened several times. And I'm going to go ahead and say it. Robin Leonard was bad last night. He was absolutely bad. Two or three of those goals he absolutely should have stopped. And we talked on yesterday's podcast about Elliot Friedman's report that maybe Robin Leonard's a little bit distracted by some negotiations or whatever's going on with the Blackhawks, but whatever it is, it's not been good lately. It's not. In his last three games, he's allowed 14 goals. In his last five games, he's allowed 20 goals. That's not good. He's not been good. The one game he played well in recently is against Boston. And he's, I don't know what it is. I don't. And I still think if they can re-sign him tomorrow, they absolutely do it. But there's something going on with Robin Leonard right now. He was not good again in this game. And I'm not going to pin the loss on him. But a couple soft goals go in, and it definitely changes the way the game is. The Hawks have to loosen up defensively to take some chances offensively to get back in the game. Those little things matter. And Robin Leonard was not good in last night's game. It cannot be denied. But again, he was far from the only one. I thought it was a terrible game for Duncan Keith. I think it was a terrible game for Adam Boquist. The other thing is, this game illustrated how bad of a system the Hawks play. This man-to-man system is not working. It doesn't really work. If it's going to work, you need speedy defenders. The Hawks have maybe two guys you would say qualify as fast. And it's the aforementioned Duncan Keith and and, and uh, Adam Boquist. But Connor Murphy, Oli Mata, Slater Cuckoo, these are not guys who are known for their speed and their agility. And this was an illustration of how the man-to-man system doesn't work. Because if there's a breakdown at all, it's going to end up in the back of your net. It is one of those systems that does not allow for mistakes to happen. And when you've got a young team on one end and an aging team on the other, it's a really brutal combination. It is not a formula for success. So here we are. You know, it's 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 the reality of this thing is it's going to take a miracle for the Blackhawks to be in the playoffs. It's going to take a miracle. It's just not looking good. As I'm recording this, Colorado's up 2-0 on the Islanders. Canucks and Wild are tied at 1. Oilers lost in overtime, but they got a point. Arizona lost, 3-2 to Dallas. But the Hawks right now are 6 points, 8 points out of a playoff spot. As I'm recording this, it will be different at the in the morning. They've got 60 points. Minnesota's got 61. Nashville, 65. Winnipeg, 67. Calgary and Arizona, the one and two wildcard teams, have 68. It is slip, slipping away. And I think, not to be negative, and I'm not a negative guy. Anyone that's listened to me over the years or just listened to me on this podcast knows that. I'm not a negative guy. I'm not someone who's just, uh, you know, going to look for the downside of everything. But as my old buddy Doug Buffon used to say, you can stick a fork in this team. They are done. This spring, follow your favorite baseball teams to Arizona for Cactus League spring training. Amazing weather and landscapes, exciting outdoor adventure, incredible food, 
Arizona is the perfect home base for baseball fans. I've told you about this for months. Go book the trip. If you've never been to spring training, you have to go. There's 10 stadiums, 15 MLB teams, and most importantly, 75 degree weather, especially this time of year, going out, sitting in the sunshine, just soaking it up. Oh my God. There's such great food and bars, tons of craft breweries like Four Peaks, Angels Trumpet Ale House, and Goldwater Brewing Company. Hit the road and explore Arizona's urban centers, ghost towns, arts and communities, and quirky outposts. Arizona has tons of stuff for kids to do and see. There's family-friendly resorts and hotels, offering plenty of fun for kids of all ages, from water parks to horseback rides to games and activities. Plan your spring training getaway at visitarizona.com slash springtraining. That's visitarizona.com slash springtraining. It's Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. And as we do after every Blackhawks game, it is time to go over the pluses, very few, and minuses, very many. Let's start with the pluses. First plus of the game for me is going to go to Brandon Saad. Think played a very solid game. Seven shots on goal for Brandon Saad. He had a jump in his step during this game. To me, he was the best Blackhawk. Yes, of course, another plus has to go to Dominic Kublik, who had a pair of goals, three shots on goal, two more shot attempts, and four hits for Dominic Kublik. He was everywhere he needed to be in that game. Jonathan Taves with another pair of assists. He won 65% of his faceoffs. By the way, Dylan Strom won 10 faceoffs and lost two. Solid at the dot for Dylan Strom, who had five shots on goal but finished a minus two. Uh, another plus to Drake Kajula, who got picked up a goal and only 10-15 of ice time. All of a sudden, Drake Kajula has got seven goals for a guy that missed so much time. Uh, he's he's starting to score with some with some regularity. That's another Blackhawk that needs a contract at the end of the season. Him, Kubalik, Strom. They need a goalie, so it's going to be Leonard or Crawford or somebody. There is a lot for the Hawks to do this offseason, but we've got all week next week to discuss that once we react to Monday's NHL trade deadline. By the way, with that in mind, um, Talkback Tuesday will be postponed until later in the week, obviously, because Tuesday will be full-out reaction to the trade deadline. All right, now let's get to the minuses of the game. First minus for me goes to Robin Leonard, and I hate to do it because he's been, aside from Patrick Kane, the Blackhawks' MVP this season, and there's no doubt about it. But over his last five games, he's not been good. He's not been good. 20 goals over the last five games. Too many. That's too many goals. And... uh Two or three goals that I think he'd want back in the game against the Rangers last night. Uh, look, that's a guy who doesn't make excuses. I don't expect that will change after this game, but something's been up with him lately. I don't know what it is. I'm Just to be clear, I'm not saying it's anything that has to do with his recovery. I'm not 0% am I suggesting that, but maybe he's a little dinged up. Maybe the trade conversations have gotten to him a little bit, but there's something going on with Robin Leonard and he's just not playing very well very lately at all but again maybe he's just exhausted from carrying the team for the entire season maybe it would be totally understandable wouldn't it yeah he's been uh 
everything the Hawks have wanted from and more this year. So I guess you can sort of excuse it if you want. Um, yeah, Robin Leonard had some quotes here. This is on Ben Pope's uh, Twitter. He says, Robin Leonard says, quote, that's one of the worst periods in general we've had. Obviously, talking about the third period where the Hawks gave up five goals. On if it's tough to block out the noise, quote, it's part of the game, but yeah, for sure it is. Answering the question, where's the team's mentality, quote, not forward. Ben Pope noting that it is the most somber Robin Leonard has seemed all season long, and it makes sense because this team's out of it. Quite frankly, this team is out of it. Their playoff hopes are dashed. There was some hope that if they can beat the Rangers, the Predators, and Stars, they can sort of get back in the conversation. But another a 6-3 loss at home after such a disappointing road trip and to come out slow, it's inexcusable. It's inexcusable. And you can blame who you want to blame for this one, but it's a team loss. It's a team game. It's a team loss. And it's just so frustrating that we're at this point already. You know, February 20, 2020, and we're already sort of writing the eulogy for the Blackhawks season. And when you ask yourself, does Jeremy Cowton come back for another year? What have you seen from him? that has indicated any sort of growth or improvement in his coaching. Yeah, there have been moments where the team has played well. There have been stretches where they've won, you know, five of six or whatever. But it all comes crashing back down. It is such a streaky team that they win five, they lose five. They win six, they lose six. They win four of six, they they lose four of six. There's not been a tangible improvement from the Blackhawks since Jeremy Cowton's taken over. So why? Why are we giving him another year? Why should the Blackhawks give him another year? And I want to call your attention to something that you may have forgotten about. And this time of year, you only speak to a lot of sources and you try to figure things out. I want to remind everybody. Back to, when was it? June, late June of 2019. Elliot Friedman, our friend who we mentioned uh, last episode, dropped a little note in his 31 thoughts that there was a contract extension rumored for Stan Bowman. And when Stan Bowman was asked about it, said, I can't really, I can't talk about it. I can't talk about my contract. I was reminded of that recently about that rumored contract extension. And uh, I'll just say this. If I were a betting man, I would bet on Stan Bowman being the Blackhawks GM again next season. One more segment to go here on Lockdown Blackhawks, reminding you one more time special guest coming up on tomorrow's episode 100 you will not want to miss it great stuff great insight from my guest for the special 100th episode of locked on blackhawks hawks lose last night 6-3 to the new york rangers 
let's go down the number line and take a deeper look at some of the advanced metrics of this game. Believe it or not, the Hawks win the possession battle at 5-on-5 five five with a 51.4% Corsi for advantage. They had 54 shot attempts for and 52 against. When it comes to the high danger scoring chances, the Hawks had 14. The Rangers had 15. So you look at this game on paper, and it's pretty even. But when you look more closely, the first period, the Hawks were out-possessed 52.38 to 47.62. In the third period, the Rangers had a 61.29 possession advantage. The Hawks had a really solid second period at 59.26 in possession. Five-goal third period. That's the number that matters. That's why the Blackhawks lost this game. And uh, how that happens when your season is on the brink is beyond me. It's beyond me. I don't know how I get losing and I get a bad moment here or there and a soft goal here or there. But to give up five goals in the third period is truly unbelievable. Just a brutal effort. Just brutal. Taking a look at some of the individual performances, Drake Kajula, Slater Cuckoo, and Kirby Dock were the Blackhawks' three leaders in possession. Kajula, 63.16%. Cuckoo, 62.16%. Kirby Dock, 60.61%. He continues to play well. What I like about Kirby Dock's game, and I forgot to get to this, in the pluses and minuses, he's carrying the puck more now. Much more confident with the puck, taking it through center ice with authority, uh, he's got a better sense of the time he has with the puck. Early in the year, you'd see him either hold on to it too long or get rid of it like a hand grenade. He's starting to sort of understand when he'll have time and when he won't, when to hang on to the puck and when to get rid of it. Kirby Doc's game is really coming along beautifully, and uh, I'm feeling more and more confident that he's going to be, when Jonathan Taves is ready to call it a career, that they will have switched roles, and Kirby Doc will be this team's number one center. And for a significant, a significant amount of time, I don't know if he's going to be Jonathan Taves level, you know, Hall of Fame level kind of a player, but a very good top-line center. That's what I see in Kirby Doc's future. Just wait till he fills out. Wait until he adds that muscle and works on his skating a little bit. He is going to be an absolute force. Like, I know everybody hates Ryan Getzlaff, but a Ryan Getzlaff type. That sort of power forward, physical game changer. That's what I see from Kirby Doc. He's been terrific lately. Dylan Strom, nice bounce back game for him. I already mentioned his faceoff numbers, uh, but 57.58 in possession. 19 shot attempts for 14 against with him on the ice. At the bottom of the list for Chicago, David Kampf, 27.27. Possession numbers. Matthew Highmore, 35.29. Adam Boquist, 37.04. David Kampf, who I feel bad like getting too upset about him because he's a, a bottom six forward and he's more he, he's fine. But like, have you ever seen a guy not get a shot on goal on a breakaway? I don't know if I've ever seen that before. There's been times where the defender has come and taken the puck away or the guy's hit the post or shot it wide or whatever. David Kampf literally stick-handled himself out of a shot. You're David effing Kampf. If you get a breakaway, put the puck on net. That's all. Hope for a rebound. Hope you got a teammate behind you crashing the net. 
to not get a shot? How? How is that possible? I don't know. I don't like you look at this team, and aside from the high end guys they have who are relied upon to carry this team every night. If Patrick Kane is not scoring multiple points and Robin Leonard or Corey Crawford is not playing all-star level goalie, this team doesn't have a chance. And here's the other concerning thing. Where's the help coming from? You look at the roster in Rockford, and it's full of Dylan Securas and Matthew Highmores and 4A AHL players, right? Like the guys who, yeah, they're bounced between. If you got an injury, you can call a guy up and he'll be fine. There's no dynamic forward in this organization that's not on the roster right now. Think about that. Who is the forward prospect that excites you? Philip Kurishev? Is that the one? Okay, show me. Right? And even when you look at the defense, Boquist is already here. Bodan was drafted the same year, but like he just seems to have sort of disappear. No one really talks about him anymore. He hasn't been called up at all. Ian Mitchell is a junior at Denver who hasn't signed with the team yet. And while most people feel he might, maybe he looks at the situation and says, you know what? I'm going to go back to school for a year and then my contract will be up and I will go sign with whoever I'd like. And I will be in demand. And look, the other thing, too, is even if Mitchell signs with the Hawks, he's a three. He's a four. He's not a guy who's going to change the organization. That's why this deadline to me is so essential. I would love to see them get an NHL-ready prospect back in a trade. And I don't know what that's going to take. And maybe... And and I talk about this with my guests on Friday. Is there a contender that is top heavy, right? Is there a contender with a lot of forward talent that needs some defensemen or needs a goalie that would be willing to give you a guy off their NHL roster that is under 26, that is shown at this level, that can play a little bit? Is that team out there? Does the Colorado Avalanche want Corey Crawford or Robin Leonard badly enough to give you a forward that's contributing already that's young off their roster. To me, that's what the Hawks should be pursuing more than picks. Draft picks are great, but they're two, three, four years down the road. If they're not going to rebuild, if they're not going to trade Jonathan Taves, they're not going to trade Patrick Kane or Duncan Keith, then you've got to try to bring in NHL-ready talent. And try to win with these guys. You can't just keep band-aiding everything. And Stan Bowman tried to do that this summer when he traded for Andrew Shaw and traded for Calvin DeHaan. But he brought in two injury-prone guys, took that gamble, and lost. And I liked both moves when they were made because I saw I actually saw what the point of them was. Bring in some established depth. And look, if those two had been healthy this whole season or for most of it, We're probably looking at the Hawks in way better playoff position because you've got Andrew Shaw instead of Matthew Highmore. And you've got Calvin DeHaan instead of Slater Cuckoo every night or Dennis Gilbert or Nick Sealer, right? That's a better team with better players. 
It didn't happen. And the two injury-prone guys you brought in got injured, predictably. And here we are. How do you see this team in two, three years? How is this team going to get significantly better to be contenders again while Kane and Taves have prime years left? I don't see a clear roadmap to that. And there's nothing Stan Bowman has done in the last seven years that gives me a lot of hope that he's going to be able to do it again. On that happy note, I will talk to you all on Friday for episode 100 of Lockdown Blackhawks. Again, you're not going to want to miss it. I promise you all these teasing, all this building up I'm doing, you're not going to turn around and be like, oh, that? No, I promise you. It's someone you're going to want to hear from with really good takes, and uh, you're going to appreciate it. You're going to love it. So make sure you join me on tomorrow's Lockdown Blackhawks, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.